Good morning, church family. We're so glad that you have joined us this morning. Whether you're in here in person or online, we just invite you to stand up and stomp your feet and clap your hands or however you want to proclaim this morning, my feet are on the rock. Amen. Yes. this morning kicked off. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much, worship team. It is great to have you guys here with us this morning. It's our turn. It's our turn. And I'm so excited for what God is doing here at our church. I'm so thankful for our church family. I'm thankful, thankful for the position he has placed us in our community. And I'm so excited for what he's going to do with us from this day forward. So with that being said, after service in the gym, we have coffee 
and cookies, just for you guys, all right? I've already had at least three cookies today, all right? And the trick is you take the cookie, you dip it into the coffee, and then you eat it, and then you have the best experience ever. But also, but also, as you're doing that, there are going to be tables set up in the gym. And if you have any questions about It's Our Turn campaign, about the building, um, or even want a tour of the building, we want to be able to answer those questions and do that for you. So stop by, let's get connected, and let's answer any questions you might have. But I'm so, again, so thankful that you're here this morning. I'm going to invite you all to, now to bow your heads in, prayers, uh, in prayer, and we're going to ask God to bless our services this morning. Let's do that. Lord, we love you. Again, thank you so much for bringing us back together as a church family. God, this this place is very special to us and be able to be able to come and to worship you, God, to lift up all praise and honor and glory to you, but then also to hear the word, Lord, to be able to receive all that you want us to receive so we can be the people that you want us to be. So God, bless this morning, bless, bless Brother Will as he brings the message and uh, let us uh, walk away brand new, living in you, in your name, amen. Let's continue with worship. Philippians 2, 9 through 11 says, so God raised him up to the highest place, and he gave him the name above all, so that when his name is called, every knee will bow, in heaven, on earth, and below, and every tongue will confess, Jesus the Anointed One is Lord to the glory of our Father. Let's sing to the only name.
thankful, God, that I can run to you and I can call your name whenever I'm experiencing trouble or suffering or pain or hardship or sickness. And I pray, God, that today, if there's anyone here within the sound of my voice and online that has those things that are happening, that they could run to you today, that they could run to the altar and that they could accept your free gift of salvation that you gave to us when you died on the cross. And I'm so thankful, God, today that we have this church where we can come and we can fellowship with one another and we can bear each other's burdens. And I pray that this morning that you would be with Brother Will as he brings us this message because, God, it's our turn. It's our turn for you to come and worship with us and for us to be with you. And I pray, God, that your spirit would flow over this service. And I'm so thankful for all that you've done for me and for my family. And it's in these things, in your precious name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. What I love about this church is everything. I feel like you can walk in and be yourself. I feel like they have a place for everyone. Always felt the spirit of God with us, uh, Brother Will, his preaching and the worship music. Everyone has always been so friendly to us. I love it for our kids because some of their best friends, really their best friends, are from this church. Many of the major events, I guess, in my life have happened here. I mean, I was saved here, baptized here, met my husband here, <laughs> got engaged here, got married here. I guess the most recent was dedicating our daughter back to the Lord here. So this is everything to me. All the milestones. You know, we first started attending here. We, we have a daughter that struggles with addiction. And when we first came, she got really very sick and um, the church was very helpful. Uh, there were so many that came to visit us in the hospital. They brought cards, notes, visits. Uh, many of them sat with us and through the prayers in support of this church and other people that were praying and family members, she come out of that. And thankfully here we are six years later and she's attending with us. And so um, God knows what we need. And he knew uh, before any of that happened with her that we would need Kavanaugh. Um, I didn't know heartache until about seven years ago. Uh, my mom died and I didn't know how I was going to move on. I didn't know how to move on. Uh, but luckily I never had to feel alone. I never had to feel isolated. This church came around my family and myself and just showed the love of Christ and showed uh, that peace that passes all understanding through the people in this church and now mean everything to me forever. And that's why this is my church for life. Sunday morning came, we got up. My wife said, I don't want to go to church, do you? And I said, nope. She said, well, let's stay home then. I said, well, you can stay home, but I told y'all I'd be there, so I don't have a choice. I got to go. She said, well, if you're going, I'm going. So we got dressed, came to church, and the church service opened with prayer, and then they sang some songs of praise. And the preacher got up behind the pulpit and he opened his Bible. My ears was filled with the gospel of Jesus Christ. My heart filled with the calling of the Holy Spirit. My soul overcome with the love 
of Almighty God. And when the invitation was given, my wife and I joined hands, came to the altar, and I met my Jesus. That's how I came to be in this church. Here at Cavanaugh, we have an issue with the parking, and uh, I've actually talked to people that said, hey, I come to visit your church this week, but there was no parking spot. And that's the last thing you ever want to hear from someone coming to visit your church. When you have a special event or service, uh, it's packed out. The church is packed out and, and there's not enough seating. Uh, we had to bring in chairs and put in the rows. And even right now, currently at our church here at Kavanaugh, uh, as big as it is in here, when we have special events, it's packed out. But I, I'd like to think that there's going to be plenty of room in this new sanctuary. They're going to drive by and we're going to have a lot more parking. They're going to see this new beautiful building and maybe be more inclined to stop by and just and just check it out and see what it's like. But, but also we're, we're building a, a more secure place for our children. And, uh, and, and if, if you can take care of the children, uh, the parents will appreciate that a lot. We're going to have a huge welcome area where people can meet and greet and there won't be uh, crowded spaces, everyone can participate. And then probably the most important thing of all will be our security team that we have now that is so good and things are taken care of so well, but we're gonna have increased security one way in, one way out for our kids. And that means that we have to pray. That means that we have to be willing to go above and beyond, to dig a little deeper, maybe try a little harder. And we would encourage everyone to realize what we're trying to accomplish, who we're trying to reach, and to be in constant prayer. And to ask yourself, what else can you do? If you ever start trusting the Lord to really meet all your financial needs, you can't ever go back. You're never the same. He goes above and beyond and truly does bless you more than you could ever imagine. I think there's several ways anybody singly or as a couple or as a family can give above and beyond. Uh, and that can come in the form of prayer, it can come in the form of service, it can come in the form of worship, it can come in the form of uh, being a servant to your fellow church members, uh, working out in the community, being a part of all of the extra things that our church does. Like I said, there's multiple ways on many levels that you can be that person to go above and beyond uh, to make sure this campaign is successful. And as shepherds, we need to go out and find the lost sheep and bring them into the fold. And that's how we built the church and filled these buildings that were built. And it's not gonna be any different with the third building. We'll do that and we'll bring them in one soul at a time and we'll build the church to fill that building. I don't think it'll be that difficult. We got some dedicated brothers and sisters for Christ Jesus and I think they're going to step forward and do everything that's needed to be done and I think they're going to commit to prayer and they're going to commit to fasting and whatever it takes to, to reach out and get that building filled up, they're going to do it. I have all the confidence in the world. Um, it's our turn. I mean, we really all need to take that to heart. There have been so many people before us that made the church how it is now. And now it's our turn. It's, it's our, our turn. turn. It's, it's our, our turn. turn. It's, it's our, our turn. turn. It's our turn. Amen.
It's our turn. Would you say that with me on three? One, two, three. It's our turn. It certainly is. We made that video uh, a year ago in February. Uh, we started our campaign on March the 15th last year. And then because of COVID, we had to push the pause button. Well, this April the 4th, we relaunched the campaign uh, just in the nick of time because the building is almost done. Uh, by this summer, it will be completed. So we're going to try to pay for it now through this campaign. It's our turn. I've watched that video a dozen times. Every time I watch it, I start crying uh, because it really speaks to my heart. And, and it is our turn. It's our turn to do something big for the kingdom of God. Uh, we're in the middle of this campaign. In fact, next Sunday is our last Sunday of the campaign where we make our commitment for it's our turn. Today I want to talk to you about the blessings that come from God. And, and I think that you will understand everything that you have, all that you've been given, is from God. God blesses us. And as a result of that, God wants us to use his blessings to bless others. There was a dad and his son driving around town doing errands one day. The kid was in the back seat in his car seat. Uh, Nathan and I kind of talked about this first service relating to this. Dad's driving, kid's in the back seat, car seat, and he keeps saying, Dad, I want some fries. I want a happy meal. Dad, take me to McDonald's. And Nathan, when that happens, what do you do? You just do it, man. You go to McDonald's. So this dad took his son to McDonald's, ordered him a happy meal. The dad wasn't really hungry at all, so he just got a large Coke and sat there with his son, and they had this great conversation going. Kid was munching down on the French fries. You know how little kids are, ketchup everywhere, all over his fingers, all over his face, ketchup. Man, he was getting into those French fries. Through the conversation, the dad reached over to get one of the French fries on the table. Didn't go well. Little boy actually slapped his dad's hand. Said, no, those are mine. Oh my goodness. There was this long pause as the dad thought, is this really happening? And in his mind, he was processing it and he thought these things. You know what? <clears throat> I am the source of these fries. A moment ago, I went to the counter and I purchased these fries and I gave them to my son. The reason he has ketchup all over his face and is enjoying those fries is because of me. And then he thought to himself, you know what? I've got the power to reach over and take all those fries if I want to. I'm bigger than he is. And along with that, I could go up to the counter and give him a $50 bill and say, drown my boy in fries. And then he thought to himself, you know what? My son doesn't understand that I really don't need his fries. I can get my own fries. And as he reflected on the process of his son's inability to give back to the source of those fries, he said, I came to the conclusion that I really didn't want his fries as much as I wanted his willingness to share those fries with me. How many of you can relate to this little story right here that is a true story, can you? Let me see your hand. You better believe all of us can relate to that. So let me relate it to you in a personal way. God takes us to McDonald's. He has blessed us. Everyone in this room has been blessed by God. 
some maybe with a little more, some with less, but God has given to every single one of us. And God wants to sit down and to share these blessings with us. But when he reaches over, we pull back and say, no, God, you can't have any of that. It's mine. And God looks at us and says, don't you understand? I am the source of all of these blessings. Don't you understand? I have the power to take them all away or the power to bless you with more. Don't you understand? I really don't need what you have. You see, God wants you to share and give not because God is hurting and in need, but because he has modeled giving himself and he wants to pass that attribute on to you and I, his children. In fact, the very first verse that you heard or learned from the Bible was probably John 3.16. For God so loved the world, he, he gave. God is always giving. And he's very interested in our response. When he says to you, I want some of it back, or I want you to share what I've blessed you with with somebody else, he's very interested in how we respond to that. Okay? And so that's what we're going to talk about today, the blessings of God. It's a story from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. It's a powerful passage teaching biblical truth that God is the source of all blessings. So before I read verses 10 through 16 to you, let me remind you what's happening in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David, the king of Israel, is, is an old man at this point. He knows he's about to die, and he's going to turn the throne over to his young son, Solomon. Before this, David had it on his heart to build a house for God, a temple to the Lord, a church building, so that God could dwell in the church building and people could go there and worship him. That was David's desire, to give God a permanent building to live in. But God wouldn't let David build it himself because David had been a man of war and he had blood on his hands. And so God said, David, you can't do it but I'll let your son Solomon build me this temple. And that's where we are in chapter 29. David is addressing the people of Israel. He said, my son Solomon is just a young man, and the task before him is enormous because he has the responsibility of building this building, this house of the Lord. But he's young and inexperienced, and he's going to need our help. So David said, I'm going to be the first person to step up to the plate and help my young son as he builds this house of the Lord. And the Bible tells us the huge gift that King David makes. I mean, it is an enormous gift from his own personal wealth. Well, the leaders of the church, the leaders of the kingdom, saw what their leader did, and they stepped up to the plate. And they all committed these large gifts to help the building of God be built. And when the people saw what their leader did and what the other leaders did, they also stepped up to the plate and they gave an abundance, more than enough, to build the house of God. Do you see where we're going with this? Yeah. Huh? And chapter 29 
All of that's happening. And in verse 10, David and the people rejoice. They give thanks and praise to God because they were willing to give back to God what God had willingly given to them. And here we are in verse 10. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom. Everything is God's. It all belongs to the Lord. O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all of it. So God owns it. God is the leader of everything, the head of all things. Both riches and honor come from you, Lord, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank you and we praise your glorious name. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. For we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all of our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and even without hope. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand, and it's all yours. It belongs to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear the message this morning as I try to speak it on the outside. Would you please speak it into our hearts? In Jesus' name, amen. David has given us a lot of information here, but he's giving us this basic truth of stewardship. Everything belongs to God. If if I don't get anything else into your head and heart this morning, I want you to understand this. Everything belongs to God. It's all his. And God gives to us everything that we have. And when we give back to God, we are giving him what he's already blessed us with. That's what this passage of Scripture is. They are rejoicing because God gave to them and they were willing and able to to give it back to God. I see that this is not really registering in some of our brains, so let me, let me tell it to you this way through a story. This happened when my sister and I were kids living with mom and dad in, in their house, and then it also happened with my kids, Angie and I's children, when they were little kids. Around Christmas time, these little kids who are unemployed, <laughs> don't have a job, any means to make money, they, they come to their parents. My kids, three kids, came to Angie and I and said, we want to buy y'all a Christmas gift, but we don't have any money. Would you please give us money so that we can go buy you a gift? And so what do I do? I give them a whole lot of money. <laughs> so mom, dad, y'all remember that? I just had this thought. My sister and I did that, and we had this great gift picked out for my mom when, when we were little, a fondue set. That's back when fondue first came out, I guess. And so there was a Pier 1 store in Midland, and we made Mom drive us over to that Pier 1 store. Mom, close your eyes. We're going to go buy you a gift. 
We went and bought that fondue kit for her. We had fondue, I think, one time. <laughs> it was a bust from that. But, but there it is. Our kids want to buy us a gift. They don't have money to buy us a gift. We give them money. They go buy us a gift. They give us the gift, and everybody's happy. That's what's happening in this passage of Scripture. God is the source of all things. Everything you have is from God. Your home, your car, your possessions, your health, your family, your kids, all that you have are gifts from God. And when you stop and reflect on it, there is nothing that you have that has not been given to you by God. Nothing. We good with that? Everything is from the Lord. Now, when you understand that God is the source of everything that you have, and that you realize that, that God gives to us and he delights when we give back to him or to someone else, doesn't it also amaze you that we would act like that little kid at McDonald's? with the french fries, and with God. He gives us all these things, and then we have the audacity to say to him, no, no, you can't have that. It's mine. And God as a parent is hurt because we have such an immature attitude about what he has already given to us. Amen? So a couple of theses before we get into the points of the message. God requires nothing of us that he's not already given to us. I'm going to be explaining this in a moment. God, God, if he requires something from you, if he asks you for something, I guarantee he's already blessed you with whatever it is he's going to ask you to give to him. He's already given it to you. Number two, provisionally, I have everything that I need to fulfill God's plan, his will for my life right now. God is not going to ask me to do something that he's not already equipped me to do. Are we good with that? Why don't you just say amen to make me feel better? Amen. amen. So let's learn three truths about God this morning. Truth number one is about God's power. That is his ability to give. Does God have the ability to give you what you need at this very moment? Yes, he does. We see this in... Our passage of scripture, verse 12. David said, in your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. This is the omnipotence of God. God has the ability to do whatever he decides to do. God has the power to give to you today all that you need for today. And you think, well, I don't know that I believe that, Brother Will. Well, can, let's just get a history lesson from the Word of God. Let, let's see if God has not done that before to people and know that he can still do it today for us. I, I think back in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, for over 400 years they were slaves in Egypt. But God led up a, a leader, Moses, to lead them out of Egyptian captivity. And so Moses took the children of Israel. They left Egypt. The very first thing they came to was an obstacle. It's the Red Sea. Pharaoh got ticked off. He realized he lost all of his cheap labor. And so he assembles his army and he heads out after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel look behind them. There is Pharaoh and his army, mountains on either side, and the Red Sea in front. What did they need? 
At that very moment, what did God's people need? Well, it wasn't a cheeseburger and french fries. It was deliverance. And so what did God do? He parted the Red Sea, and they walked across on dry land. I remember the story found in 1 Kings chapter 17 about Elijah. There was a wicked king and a wife that was even more wicked than he was. And they hated the prophet Elijah. They were going to try to kill him. The prophet Elijah had had just given a prophecy that there was going to be a famine across the land. There would be no water, no food. And so God directed Elijah to go to a certain place, a location, a brook, a, a little stream of water. And there God was going to take care of his prophet, his man. So here is Elijah, 1 Kings chapter 17. There's a famine in the land. There's no food, no water. What is it that Elijah needs? Well, he needs provision. And God provided for him that very day. There was water for him to drink. And these ravens came in and fed him. That's pretty cool. He had a need. What did God do? God provided that need. I I think of Daniel. Remember old Daniel? The edict came from the king, you can't worship or pray to any other deity except me. What did Daniel do? Johnny sings a song about that. Three times a day, he got down and he prayed to his God. That got him in hot water. They threw him into lion's den. What in the world did Daniel need? He needed protection. And what did God give him? Protection. He shut the mouths of the lions. Another story. Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas are in the city of Philippi. And what happened to them? They got arrested and thrown in jail. It's midnight. What do they need? Well, they needed freedom. And they prayed and sang some songs. And what did God do? He shook the jail that the doors came open and their fetters fell off. He provided exactly what they needed for that moment. Listen to me. The same God that helped these biblical characters can help you today. He has the ability to give you exactly what you need for this very moment. That's God's power. Number two, let's talk about God's provision. Not only his ability to give, but his willingness to give. Verse 14 says, for all things come from you. Well, I know that I'm pushing you to say it a lot this morning, but I think we need to say amen right there too. Amen? All things come from the Lord. Amen? Everything God asks of you right now, he has already given you the resources to accomplish what he's asking you to do. Because he's a good, good father. How many of y'all have a, a kid, young kid, and you run out of milk and say, hey, jump on your bicycle and go down to the Dollar General and get us a gallon of milk? Well, we probably wouldn't have our kids do that anymore because it's too dangerous to do that. But you know what? You'd never ask your kid to do that without giving them some money to buy the milk, right? They got to pay for it, so you give them the money to do it. And if God is going to ask you to do something, he is going to provide you with the resources to do it. Why? Because all things come from him, and he's willing to do it. Would God ask you to go through a trial or a difficulty or a dark period in your life without giving you the grace and the discernment and the wisdom and the power and the strength 
to be able to go through that thing? I'm telling you, God is willing and able to provide for us. When people ask me to pray for them to have wisdom and strength, I can confidently tell them that God is going to give it to them. If you ask God for wisdom and strength, God will give it to you. If he brings you into a situation where you need something, anything, he is going to provide you with what you need because he is a providing God. Now, here's a problem that some of us have, not all of us, but some of us. Some of us want resources that we really don't need. God gives you today what you need to be what he's called you to be today. Not next week, not next year, today. You might ask me, Pastor, has God given you the strength and the grace to die a martyr's death? No, he hasn't given me that. But I don't think I need it today. Do I? The look on some of your faces, I might need it. I don't. No, I, I, I don't need that right now. The good thing is, if I do need it, God's going to give it to me. The grace that I need is supplied in my life at the point of my need. And God only gives me today what I need for today. You know what it boils down to? It boils down to a matter of trusting God, knowing that God is going to provide for me today what I need for today. The second problem we have is this. We really can't trust God for our daily needs. Hmm? Give us today our daily bread. We, we want security for the future. We, we want to make sure that, you know what, the money is going to be in the bank account when I do retire, or the money is going to be there next year, or I'm going to have the strength I need to face that problem next week. God is not promising you that. He is promising that he's going to give you the strength and the resources that you need for today. And sometimes we can't even trust God for today. I remind myself of the children of Israel when they're out there in the wilderness. Remember that? God told them, I'm going to give you manna, and even for a while said, I'll give you quail for today. You just got to trust me for today. And every morning you go out and you, you pick up this stuff that's on the ground, this manna, and these quail, they're not going to be flying, you can just pick them up, but you only get a certain amount for the day. And you know what the children of Israel did? Because they're just like us. Some of them got enough for a week. God was said, no, just for today. But they got enough for tomorrow as well. And do you remember what happened to that stuff? By the next morning, it was stinking up the camp of Israel. It had turned wormy and rotten. Why? Because God said, I want you to trust me just for today. And some of us can't even trust God for this very moment. Can I tell you, we serve a big God. He can do anything. He loves his children, and he is going to provide for his children. He's willing to do that. The third truth that we learn from this passage is God's partnership, really his reason to give to us. 
Why does God give to us? Well, verses 14 and 16 tell us why God gives to us. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this? For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your very own. You see, God gives to us so that we can give to others and that we can give back to him. Why? Because God in his partnership with us wants us to be like him. God wants you to be like him. And how is God? God is giving. God is generous. And so I've, I've got for you today this, this partnership triangle. I want you to see this. There's God up on top, and then there's me over here and others over there. And here's the deal. God gives to me. Everything I have is from God. But God not only gives to me, God gives to you, right? Amen? And then God wants me to give back to him. If he asks me for something, I need to give it back, and so do you. But it doesn't end there. Because God wants me sometimes to give what he's given to me to you. And maybe God wants you to take what he's given to you and to give it to somebody else. Because when we give to others in Jesus' name, it's just like we're giving to him. Really? Yeah, really. Let, let me read this passage of Scripture to you from Matthew chapter 25. I think it illustrates it. When the Son of Man, that is when Jesus comes in his glory in times, okay, and all the angels with him, he is going to sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He's going to put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. This is serious stuff, isn't it? It's end time stuff. It's judgment stuff right here. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Hmm. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothing and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, 
When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Wow. I bet you didn't know that your giving has eternal repercussions. That's what Jesus said. You see, giving to others in the name of Jesus is just like giving to God. Now, let me just finish today by sharing with you three observations I've learned from 1 Chronicles chapter 29. And the first observation is this. We are accountable to God for whatever he has blessed us with. He's the owner, I'm the manager. And you know what? I am responsible for all of these french fries that he's laid on the table for me. And if God says to me, Will, I want four of those fries back, I better not slap his hand and keep them. Or if God tells me, Will, I want you to pass ten of those fries on to the next generation. Or somebody else, or indirectly through another gift. You know what? I better be willing to do it because it, those things are not mine anyway, they're His. Second observation is this our giving is an act of worship, and it really is a, a sign of obedience to God. In the Old Testament, you go back and read it. Every time someone came into the presence of God, they came with a gift. I think that's a concept we've lost in our current generation. They brought God their best. They brought the best they had and they offered it to God as an act of worship. That's why I think it's so important on Sundays when we come into God's house on the first day of the week, we give him our best. Our best as, as far as Service is concerned and attitude is concerned. Our best worship and even our best gifts. And then the third observation I learned from this scripture is this. Giving to others in Jesus' name is really giving to God. So if the Lord tells me to give it, man, I don't want to be a stingy gut. I need to give it. And that brings us full circle back to this day and it's our turn. I've been asking you for several weeks, really for over a year now, be praying about what God would have you give for it's our turn. We're, we're not just building a building over there. We're building a ministry tool that's going to be used so that others can hear the good news about Jesus and have their life changed just like you had your life changed. All of these dates on this uh, timeline back here are the dates of buildings that were built in our church. But it's more than just building buildings because on this timeline, there is a date where you came to know Jesus as your Savior. There is a date on this timeline when Kavanaugh became your church for life. And now it's our turn to continue this great ministry for the next generation. And so as I give to It's Our Turn, it's not just about building a building. It's about freeing people up in Jesus Christ, allowing people to come to Jesus. It's about the next generation. And literally, as I give 
to others in the name of Jesus, I'm really giving back to God. And that's what we're doing with It's Our Turn. It all starts when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice. And if you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, can I tell you that that's the most important thing that you'll ever do. And that's what you need to do today. You need to ask Jesus into your heart. Just through a simple prayer. Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Save me. Come into my life. Change me. Make me into the person you want me to be. If you've never done that, I challenge you to come and do that this morning. For the rest of us, we need to step up to the plate, man. It's our turn. The people before us stepped up to the plate. It's our turn. It's our turn to say, God, what do you want me to do with the blessings you've given me? And then present them to the Lord. So I'm going to ask that you stand to your feet, bow your heads. We're going to do something that we haven't done in a long time at this church. In fact, it's been, it's been over a year in a Sunday morning service that we've opened up our altars for people to come and pray. But I think that we need to do that today. Some of you need a blessing from God this morning. It's what this sermon's all been all about, a blessing from God. You need a blessing from the Lord. You need the Lord to touch your life. Would you come and ask him to do that? If you need to be saved, come receive Jesus as your Savior. If you need a blessing from the Lord, come and ask him for that blessing. And then for the rest of us, let's come and present our best to the Lord and say, Lord, whatever you want from me, I'm willing to give it. Heavenly Father, please help us to respond in faith. Help us, help us, dear Lord, just to come and enjoy the freedom of praying at your altar this morning. Meet the needs of our people. Bless this service with your presence. And help us now, dear Lord, as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. As Angie sings, if you'd like to come and pray at the altar, you can. Come and fill this open space in front of the stage and pray. If God is calling you to pray, would you come and pray? Maybe as a family, you want to come and say, Lord, what does our family need to do for you and your kingdom? Use this time to do it, would you?
there could be a more appropriate prayer that we pray today than that song says, I surrender all. Lord, I do. I surrender all to you. Thank you for the blessings of life. Thank you for every blessing you've given to me. It's a gift. Thank you, dear Lord. Help me to use those blessings to bless others. Help me to use those blessings and be willing to give those blessings back to you, Lord, as my act of worship. And I pray, dear Lord, that that would be the atmosphere of our church. You're a very generous God. Lord, help us to be generous people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. You can be seated just for a moment, if you would, please. Last week we talked about attitude. Today we've talked about blessings. Next week we're going to talk about commitment, and it is our commitment Sunday. Before I get to that, let me just give you half a dozen real quick announcements, all right? Number one, at 6.30 tonight we're going to have Bible study online at uh, our Facebook page, and I'm going to be teaching the lesson. It's 30 minutes long is all it is. I'm going to share with you a story from 1 Corinthians chapter 16 about giving, and then we're going to talk about it's our turn, how you can be involved, and then we're going to answer questions that some of you have asked about the new building and about giving. So 6.30 tonight, be on Facebook Live, our page there for that lesson. This week, April 18th through 24th, is the final week before our big commitment day of next Sunday. And we mailed to you one of these family meeting guides you got this in the mail. If you didn't, they are available on the counter right outside this door. Pick one up. It's very short. It's just kind of a Bible devotion and prayer guide that we want you to share with your family one night this week. So you pick the night, sit down with your kids, grandkids, whoever lives in your house, work through this together, and it's going to allow everybody in the family to talk about their commitment to It's Our Turn and how you as a family can give. This Wednesday is April the 21st. I'm going to ask that you consider fasting one meal on Wednesday. And if you want to fast all day, more power to you. Do that, brother or sister. But at least one meal, whether it be breakfast, lunch, or dinner this Wednesday, would you please go without food and spend that time praying for our church and praying for yourself in what you would commit to the Lord. Then on Wednesday night, I want you all back in here, the adults back in here. We're going to have a, a special service, normal singing, short message. But then we're going to get up from in here, walk into the new building, into the new worship center. We're going to get in a big circle. And guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray. We're going to pray for God's power and his blessing. So do that on Wednesday with me if you would. Also, we're asking that you sign up for our 24-hour prayer vigil. It's going to begin Friday at 5 p.m. vigil. It's going to <laughs> begin Friday at 5 p.m., go through Saturday at 5 p.m. We're asking people to commit to prayer for one hour for the campaign. We would prefer you come up to the church to pray. We're going to have different stations set up where you can walk through the building and pray. There will be security guards here to protect you. 
Uh, maybe you're unable to come to the church and pray or you're watching online and you would like to be able to pray. Uh, again, we'd prefer you to be here, but if you can only do it from your house, please let us know that. Uh, call Miss Karen Nichols. She'll set you up. Miss Karen right now is in the gym, one of those tables she's sitting at, filling out her little schedule for people to pray during our 24-hour prayer time. So please sign up and give an hour to pray. Next Sunday, April 25th, we're going to turn in our commitment card. So be praying about what God would have you and your family to do, and we're going to have a cool way for you to turn those cards in. Then on the following Sunday, May the 2nd, will be our first fruits offering. This campaign is a three-year campaign. We're asking you to give for three years to help us pay for the building. We turn our commitment cards in next Sunday. The following Sunday, the actual giving part begins. And I'm asking you to be praying about what kind of gift you can give on that Sunday. Angie and I have talked about this, and she said, let's just, let's just give the biggest gift we can give on that first Sunday. I kind of like the way she's talking. And so y'all talk about that as a family. Come prepared May 2nd to give a big gift. Uh, we have up on the floor of the stage these wristbands that we gave out over a year ago. I still have my original band. Anybody have their original band still? Okay. Are there any letters left on your original band? All my letters have, have rubbed off that original band, but I've put a, a new band on. Uh, it is to remind me to pray for our campaign every day at 1.30. And I know we only have a week left, but come pick up a band if you don't have one. And at 1.30, pray. You say, preacher, where would you get the 1.30? Well, our scripture is Numbers 13.30, where Caleb said we can certainly do it. And 13.30 in military time is what? 1.30. So 1.30 p.m., 1.30 a.m., doesn't matter. Whichever you pick, be praying this week for our campaign. If you're a guest in this room today, before you leave, stop by the Connect counter. We have a gift that we want to give to you. If you're a church member, as you walk out, put your offering in one of those black boxes. And as Brother Nathan already said, go to the gym. Uh, those cookies are awesome. And again, they're not left over from Easter. Uh, these were just purchased this week. Uh, eat a cookie. Uh, tables are set up with the different ministries of our church to answer any question you might have about our new building or it's our turn. Uh, Miss Karen's back there signing up for the prayer vigil. If you'd like to sign up, go see her as well. And they're also giving tours of the new building as well. Okay, are you ready for a test? I'm going to test you on all those announcements I just gave. Uh, you don't need a test. You got it. Hey, I love you. The staff loves you. Most importantly, God loves you. Have a great day. We'll see you Wednesday.